Bango chair? Put it in reverse, chair! Welcome to episode 54 of the first T-Jitters podcast. First T-Jitters podcast brought to you by four craft cocktails that ready to drink transfusion in a can that's perfect for when you're playing 18 holes with the boys, stopping for drinks at the turn, or just to enjoy on a hot summer day. We had a few when we were in Greensboro on a very hot summer day, and they were fantastic. The four craft cocktails transfusion is made with premium vodka, lime, and grape to create the perfect golf cocktail. No more plastic cups, no more waiting on the beverage cart to mix up a drink. Four Craft Cocktails Transfusion comes pre-mixed in a can, making it easy to enjoy on the course and off. Check out their website at fourcraftcocktails.com and look for Four Craft Cocktails on Instagram. That's four, F-O-R-E, Craft Cocktails. Please drink responsibly. I think they're actually coming up with some new flavors, I heard. I don't know yeah. what it's going to be, but the, the transfusion was delicious. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it, it tasted like a freshly made drink. Loved it. So we were in Greensboro last weekend for the Wyndham Championship. We'll talk about that some in a little bit um, and talk about all the stuff coming up with the playoffs starting in the Northern Trust this week. I just took a bunch of notes the week before that because we, we missed a week because we were in Greensboro. So I'm just going to go straight down my list and, and go over all the stuff that I wrote down. What was the what was the tournament before the Wyndham? I don't remember what it, it was, was the, now. They it did. was the WG, WGC where our buddy, Mr. Abraham Answer, claimed his first victory That's on right. the PGA Tour. And that's a pretty big tournament. WGC tournaments are, are tough to win. A lot of good players playing those. I think we talked about it before. Like 48 of the top 50 in the world were playing. So that's a big win for him. Hopefully he'll jump start some stuff going forward. Um, yeah, that's a per, that's a pretty big uh, pretty big win. Pretty big tournament. It's the St. Jude in Memphis. That's right. Yeah, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, a lot of big names had won that before. So he adds his name to it might uh, carry over into the next three weeks. He's uh, I don't know exactly where he's at. He's probably, if not in the top 30, at least pretty close to it. Um, so maybe that'll, that'll get him going and get some momentum going into the playoffs. I think, I don't know if it was that tournament or the week before. I think it was that one. Cam Smith on Friday had 18 putts tied for the lowest number of putts in a single round in PGA Tour history. That's insane. I mean, I'm assuming that includes at least one or two chip-ins, something like that, but 18 putts in one single round is unbelievable. Yeah, he holed out twice on the front nine, I believe. And he had no idea. He knew that his number of putts was low for the day, but he didn't know it was that low until – he was either walking up 18 or had just finished. So, 
Um, Strong performance. Also, last week was after the uh, the men's Olympic golf finished. the The women's played. The women's Olympic golf happened. Um, Nellie Corda won, so that made it a, a United States sweep of golf. There, she is the number one ranked women's player in the world. The LPGA Tour this week is at the AIG Women's Open, and it's at Carnoustie, which is pretty cool. I don't. I think that's a pretty big deal. That, that women are playing there. That's a really famous course. And uh, I think it's their, this is their last major of the year, their fifth major. So pretty, might be fun to watch the LPGA tour at Carnoustie this week. And uh, Nellie Corda coming off an Olympic gold medal is probably the favorite, but um, our girl Esther, I saw on Instagram has been over there playing a lot too. And, and she's been playing well. So maybe, maybe Esther can get a win. Yeah, maybe she'll sneak in there, but uh, yeah, it's just fun to see how people attack like style courses, um, you know, different styles of play, or I mean, even you know, male or female. It's just there's so many different ways you could play. Course like Cardusti, it's going to be fun to tune into that. I was reading something. And it probably makes a lot of sense to you, but there was a caddy who was talking about the differences in caddying for men versus women and how distances have to be calculated. Men obviously are going to hit it a little bit further, but some of the stuff you don't think about is the spin, how low they flight their ball. So men are going to spin the ball a lot more. So it's a lot more backspin. It's going to hold up in the wind a lot more. Women don't spin it as much and tend to keep it a little bit lower. So they're, yardage doesn't have to factor in wind as much as as men do and I've never really thought about stuff like that but it was pretty interesting reading I don't remember who it was but it was a professional caddy talking about it so that was really cool to read was it uh what's his name he he caddied for uh Abe answered the uh masters but he's he has been on the LPGA tour for a while can't think of his name right now but I should have wrote it down, but it didn't, but that was pretty cool. Um, A lot of the stuff that I wrote down was before we went down to the window. I mean, it had a lot to do with with Bryson playing at Memphis. Memphis. There was a lot of stuff going on about him not yelling for and hitting drives into crowds of people. Um, He had another run-in with a cameraman, I think, and then the whole – the people in the crowd yelling Brooksy at every tee box. Have you changed your mind yet on Bryson at all, or is he still public enemy number one? I don't think my mind will ever be changed on Bryson DeChambeau. He's public enemy number one in my eyes. Uh, Yeah, I'm just not a fan of the way he conducts himself. I just – I don't know. He just – he just – he rubs me the wrong way. He pushes my buttons. I'm not a fan of him at all, but I am getting tired of the whole the Brooksy people on the tee box. That's not as bad as the whole mashed potatoes people, but it's it was funny there at first, that first tournament, but it's getting kind of old. I feel like they can come up with some new material, but at least they're doing it to Bryson and not somebody else, but I wish they would figure out something new. Yeah, it's just like a joke that's been said too many times, just getting old. Uh, but, I mean, 
he's got plenty of stuff that people could just rag on him on. So uh, that's going to continue, but I just I think the Brooksy stuff needs to uh, quit. Bryson and Harris English both. Pro, uh, Bryson might be automatic. Harris English probably going to be a Ryder Cup pick. They were uh, at the top of the leaderboard at the WGC before Abe Answer won. They both sucked and shot like a 41 and a 40 on the back nine on Sunday. Um, and Abe Answer got up there and won, which was cool. Um, so we went to – we were in Greensboro. We went down. We were there Thursday for the Wyndham. Really, really cool getting to see all that stuff. We saw a lot of good people. We saw Matt Kuchar and, and Robert McIntyre and Kevin Kisner, who ended up winning, and Ricky Fowler and Bubba and all the big names that were there. That that golf course kind of lends itself to letting you get pretty close to everybody. It seems like it was kind of the way that they have it set up. You can get close to everything. I thought Russell Henley was going to win. He was leading pretty much the entire time. Um, he almost hit us with a drive on on nine on the first day. We got pretty close to that. What did you think about the Wyndham? Uh, I just love seeing an old school Donald Ross golf course being in the mainstream spotlight like that. I mean, golf courses not aged well. I mean, they tear that place apart and they even turn one of the par fives and a par four, but uh, you got to hit your targets out there. It's, it's a fun tournament to watch, and it was cool to watch to walk that golf course on Thursday. I had watched it on TV a bunch, but had never had never been, so I thoroughly enjoyed that. It, I think it got a lot of compliments from the guys that were playing, and uh, people seemed to really like it, and a lot of people seemed to like going to this tournament, and it seemed like a lot of fun when we were there, it was easy to get around and it was easy to, to interact with players and get to see them up close. And the course seemed extremely nice. And I know all the players were saying a lot of good things about the course itself. So that is cool. Um, it's not one of like the big well-known courses in the country, but it's nice to see courses like that kind of get their name out there. Um, well, that, that tournament's one of the oldest, uh, running PGA events. Yeah, we were talking about that when we were down there. It had – I saw somewhere – the 1940s. Yeah, somewhere around there. And I think it's um, – I know they had hosted it some other places that last tournament of the year, but it seems like the last tournament of the year – I don't know if it's just because it was last week and we're hearing everything about it, but it seems like it's getting to be more and more important for a lot of people. And a lot of people are trying to get into that top 125 to get into the playoffs. So some big names that were there trying to get in there, Ricky Fowler, who didn't end up making it. Um, I think Matt Kuchar and Justin Rose were both pretty close. Tommy Fleetwood was down there at the bottom. So a lot of big names were coming to this tournament, trying to get into that top 125 so they can get into the playoffs. And a lot of, a lot of players that you don't really hear about a lot or, fighting to stay in or fighting to get in. And I saw a list. I think Chesson Hadley ended up being 125, but yeah. And he had a hole in one on, I don't know what hole that is, but um, Kuchar was 120. Dylan Fratelli was 122. Chesson Hadley, 125. So Justin Rose barely missed out at 126. Ryan Armour, 
Um, so a couple big names did not make it in. Ricky Fowler didn't make it in, and that was his first time not making the playoffs since 2009. So he's had kind of a rough year. He had started to gain a little bit of momentum the last couple of weeks, but lost it all this week and didn't make it into the top 25, which kind of sucks. Everybody likes seeing Ricky. I hope he starts playing well sometime. Yeah, I think he'll turn around. I mean, he played great at Kiowa. And I think he'll continue to turn that quarter there and get to where he needs to be. But, yeah, I mean, Jordan Spieth just went through that. It's just kind of growing pains of being a professional golfer. Everyone kind of seems to have a slump at some point in their career. Hopefully that ends soon. Chesson Hadley, who finished 125th to get in, had one round better than 64 in the last three years and no aces in his entire life. And he shot a 62 with an ace to advance. So good for him. Uh, and that's, I think that's part of the appeal of this tournament. What makes it a lot of fun is stuff like that happening, seeing guys get in like that. I know it sucks for the people who don't get in and you lose your PGA tour card for a year or however long, but it's cool seeing the guys who get their, get to retain their PG, PGA Tour card because of that. Um, one person who was locked into the top 125 but hadn't won in a while, it's been a couple of years, Kevin Kisner won in a six-man playoff. How much did you get to watch on Sunday? Wes, I, was, I mean, we were in the group thread, but I didn't get to watch any of it. I, I mean, I watched some of it on my phone, but uh, my YouTube TV was acting up. I couldn't. I couldn't see it. I couldn't watch any of it live. Yeah, I couldn't either. Um, and I found out how to do it afterwards. It was because of uh, they moved everything up for the, yeah. for the bad weather. So they didn't have any, uh, they didn't have any rights on any television station to broadcast it. So, that's the reason why it was tough to 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 tune in, but uh, I went back and watched it. It was great. I got I I did end up watching it live because I got the CBS Sports app and ended up being able to see it on there. Um, and it was really cool to see Kevin Kisner win. Adam Scott had a chance to win on the first playoff hole. He missed a I don't know a three foot putt, maybe less than three feet. Um, he had just gotten a read off of somebody else right before that. Siwoo Kim, I think, had one right close to his, and he missed that to go to a second playoff hole. I think all six of them parted the first time. All six went back, and Kisner birdied his. He, I think he had the longest drive on the second playoff hole, stuck on to about four feet and made the putt. And we watched him putt on the practice green Thursday before he started, and you can – tell he's one of the better putters on tour and it's always been known as one of the better putters but he just seems like a really cool guy and it's fun to see him win yeah i mean when he's inside 200 yards i think he's probably one of the best if not the best on tour i'm gonna give you his, a couple go ahead uh just yeah his you know his iron play strong his short game strong his putting's really strong so it's hard to beat so there's three 
weeks now left in the PGA Tour season, and uh, they're they're waiting the entire three weeks before they uh, pick Ryder Cup teams. Kyle Morikawa is automatically qualified, or has already qualified right now. So is Dustin Johnson. So they're both locked in. The other four automatic picks at this point would be DeChambeau, Kepka, Justin Thomas, and Xander Shoffley. And then there are six captain picks after that. So if you go down the list of the next six, Jordan Spieth, Harris English, Patrick Reed, Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau. Would you kick anybody out of that second group of six? I mean, I don't really know if I would. Uh, Whistling Straits is a tough, long golf course. And that's why I'm kind of hesitant on getting, like, a kid, throwing a kisser in there. Uh, I mean, a lot of the Europeans are bobbers, per se, but most of those guys could hit it pretty good off the tee if they've been steady all year. But we'll see. I mean, I think they switched it to this format with six captain's picks just to kind of see who's hot going into the end of the year. I think these next three weeks are going to make a big difference. And if somebody gets hot and, and plays really well, I think there's only maybe, maybe three, four, five names that could maybe get a pick over those six that are already there. I listened on the radio today and I, people are talking about Phil Mickelson I, his only top 10 this year has been his win at the PGA championship, which was very impressive, but you got to kind of, that's just kind of a, a one-off deal. If he hasn't finished in the top 10 in any other tournament, I don't, I'm sure he would be a great team guy and great for the, the team room, but you still got to have somebody who who's going to be able to play. And I don't know if he can do that consistently. He did. He's done it for for one week this year. And as much as I, everybody loves Phil Mickelson, I don't know if that would be the right decision or if anybody's even taking that decision seriously. But they did talk about that on the radio today. The other, yeah. Go ahead. I don't. I don't think you could throw Phil there. It just doesn't make any sense to me. The other two names that they talked about were Kisner. And I think a lot of that's the, the recency bias. He just won. He would also be a really good team guy and great for the – that's been a lot of the problem for the American team recently is they're not really a problem for them, but the European team just seems to get along so well and plays well together, and the American team hasn't quite gelled like that. And Kisner would be probably really good for that. But same thing that you said about Whistling Straits being a tough, long golf course. His game doesn't necessarily set up for that. The other one that everybody's talking about is Webb Simpson, who is who would be the – if you go straight down the list, 1 through 12, Webb Simpson would be the first person out at 13. Yeah. And then other than that, Scotty Scheffler, Jason Kokrak, Billy Horschel, Sam Burns, Max Homa at 20th. I don't know if you get past that and seriously consider anybody. Um, so I don't know. I think if they go chalk and pick the, the 12 – highest ranked players i don't think anybody's going to be upset with that but it, it's going to depend on if, if kisner comes out and wins one of these next three weekends or webb simpson wins or they both play really well and maybe 
Daniel Berger and Patrick Cantlay don't play well for three weeks, it could change. So it's good to have three weeks to decide on that. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, Kisser played great. The one President's Cup he participated in, you know. We've said how he'd be a great Ryder Cup player. I just I think he'd be great for this team. I just don't know if the golf course sets up for his style of play. It's the only downfall, in my opinion. So we'll see. Whistling Straits is a very tough golf course. From one tough one to another, the U.S. Amateur was at Oakmont uh, this past week, and that is a really, really tough format and takes a really, really good player to win that. A lot of really good players have won. Victor Hovland won recently. Bryson's won. Um, some big names have won the U.S. Amateur Tournament. And James Pyatt won from Michigan State. Beat a, beat a UNC guy. I don't remember his name. Last name, Austin Greaser was his name. Um, but the format that they use for that U.S. Amateur, I think it's really, really cool, but it's really, really tough. And there was a lot of – there was some bad weather this week and stuff got – moved around but I really enjoy watching those tournaments I know you do too you talk about it a lot about the format and how difficult it is to win something like that yeah I mean the guys who usually win the USAM usually tend to be very good tour pros uh Tiger Woods Phil Mickelson Bryson DeChambeau like you said uh Doc Redmond's one of the past five years, he's turned out to be a, you know, a promising young star of the PGA Tour. So, uh, yeah, you have to have some real game to, to win that event. And uh, I, I think it's one of the toughest, if not the toughest, to win, including, you know, the majors. You, you got to be on your A game to, to, win that, to win that event. So, I I love it. And also, there's just a lot of tradition with that event as well. And now he gets to play in the Masters, the Masters, the Open, the either the PGA or the U.S. Open. I think the U.S. Open, the Open, and the Masters. Yeah, he he. You can't be a uh, can't play the PGA until you're a professional. So gotcha. Um, well. That would uh that would mean that there is one person who can't play in the PGA but could play in the U.S. Amateur. That's somebody who is going back to college and starting a new golf career. Uh, J.R. Smith of uh of NBA fame, pretty good golfer, I think. Yeah, we talked to because that news came out when we were in Greensboro. And he will be attending North Carolina A&T in Greensboro. Uh. I mean, it's a fun story. Uh, it's good for him. It's good for the program. It's good for college golf. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit, Wes, but historically, black colleges and universities, uh, there's been that movement with getting like, golf, the golf programs at those schools, you know, up and running or get them a little bit more funding. And I think that's, this is going to help a lot for that program and programs across the country. So I'm all for it. I'm, I'm, I've always been a J.R. Smith fan. I think it's going to be fun. A, he, he seems like he's uh, pretty serious about it too. It's not some kind of publicity stunt. He really, really likes golf. And um, 
is pretty good at it. So I think it'll be pretty cool to follow along. Oh yeah. And you know, he's, you know, he's, uh, he's trying to, you know, hone his golf skills and he's trying to live that golf dream of his. So I'm, I'm all for it. We still have four years eligibility too. We can do it. Yeah. What else you got about uh, our Greensboro trip? We stayed, uh, we looked out our hotel window right into the Hooters next door. We uh, had delicious barbecue. We almost walked into a, a wine bar that was a little bit over our heads. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we were just pretty spit after playing golf, to tell you the truth. That was, it was pretty warm. Yeah, we played at, uh, the Cardinal, a Pete Dye golf course, and, uh, really, really nice golf course. Really, really, really hot. I think it was the, the two days we were there were the hottest two days of the summer. It was hot and humid, and we were out there. For, we we played pretty quick. We didn't run into – nobody was really slowing us down, but by the 18th hole, we were pretty worn out. Yeah, we were we were about done by hole 15. And, uh, William, on hole 12, you uh, managed to par what Pete Dye considers his toughest designed par three that he's ever – Ever came up with, so congratulations. I found the water. Well, I found the water, too, and still made par. Impressive. <laughs> Who's the guy who hit it in the water at TPC and then dunked his next tee shot? Uh, Fred Couples. Fred Couples, yep. You're the new Fred Couples. Well, I didn't read tee. I it was a red steak, so I just took a drop on the fridge and drained that 20-footer. It counts the same. Still three. Uh, the Northern Trust is this weekend at um, Liberty National in New York. That's what it's called, right? Did I make that up? Yep, Northern Trust. Uh, New Jersey, actually. In New Jersey, yeah. Looking right at the New York skyline, but in New Jersey, you are correct. Yeah. Um, and I think they're they had been kind of rotating where this tournament's held. Kind of, I think last year was at in Boston, TPC Boston, maybe, and now this year's New York, New Jersey. And I don't know if they're going to keep moving it, but uh, um, it's the Northern Trust. It's the first leg of the playoffs. Top 125, like we talked about earlier, get in. After this week, it'll be down to the top 70, and then they go to East Lake and Atlanta, the top 30 for the Tour Championship. John Rahm's a heavy favorite going into this week, going into the next three weeks, I'm assuming. He's had a pretty long break, hasn't played in a few weeks, pretty well rested, um, and he's played well this year. So all the big names will be playing this week. Um, I don't have any – we don't have to do picks this week because we're the only two on here. We'll we'll get them from everybody else and post them on Instagram before tomorrow starts. Um, but I don't I don't know much about Liberty National or or the Northern Trust tournament other than just it being the beginning of the playoffs. But I'm excited for the next three weeks. 
then excited for the Ryder Cup after that. So I'm sure after the next three weeks, we'll talk a lot about the Ryder Cup because that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were talking about Kevin Kisner's uh, play in the President's Cup. He played at the President's Cup at Liberty National when they won. Uh, I guess that was 2017. That sounds right. Now, dude, the golf course was built on, like, there was a bunch of old, like, warehouses and stuff is where it was built and somebody bought the land, turned it into a really nice golf course. And apparently it has a really nice driving range, really nice practice area. Um, but it, it looks cool. Got some good scenery. I heard him talking on the radio today. The golf course itself doesn't really stand out architecturally, nothing crazy going on there, but does have really cool scenery, the New York city skyline and water and everything like that. So I'm sure it's a pretty cool place to play. Yeah, um, get test 17 confirmed, and uh, yeah, sorry, I'm going to Liberty uh, National Wormhole right now. Where, where are they next week? I haven't even looked at next week yet. I know it's Liberty National and somewhere and then East Lake, obviously, but yeah, yeah, East Lake is the championship. Check out this schedule. Sure they're not in Sure they're not in uh in Chicago. It's in Maryland, the BMW Championship, Caves Valley Golf Club in Owens Mill, Maryland. Owens Mills. Okay. I don't know where it was so, last year. Was it was it in Chicago last year? I have no idea. That kind of sounds right. Or I or, or I think it was Yeah, because the Northern Trust, the BMW bounce around. John Rahm won it last year, wherever it was. Um, Olympia Fields. I think that is yeah. Chicago. Yeah. So next week in Maryland, this week in New York, New Jersey, third week in Atlanta for the Tour Championship. We'll be back hopefully with everybody at least sometime before the Tour Championship to get our picks in for that because that'll be a big one and then after that, it's the Ryder Cup, and then nothing for for a little while till the season starts back again. Seems like there's something something going on every weekend. Golf kind of lasts all year, so won't be too long. That is all I got. You got anything else? Uh, I don't. Um, the caddy we were talking about earlier was Benji Thompson. He the uh, uh, caddy for Lexi Thompson. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think he was on Abe's bag in Memphis. So he was on his bag at the Masters, and he's a Augusta native. So 
Very nice. The uh, first comment in the uh, caddynetwork.com post is Bidgey seems like, <clears throat> excuse me, Bidgey seems nice, but does he like hot dogs? Not as much as Dale, no. Nobody likes hot dogs as much as Dale. I got nothing else. Nothing here to report either, Wesley. Always tip your card, girl. Do it. First Tee Jitters is brought to you by Mari River Media. Be sure to check out the other podcasts available on Mari River Media. The Barrel Brothers Podcast and the Positively Average Podcast.